Welcome to Invasion of Privacy. I'm Kate Wolf, and to, today I have two amazing, incredible queens here. I've got Jess Grippo is here and Alexandra Jameson. This is an incredible hey moment. Hi. I feel like I got nervous for this one for a second. I was like, ah, because um, I think both of you are really big deals. I do. And uh, that's weird. But that's awesome. <laughs> it's it's true, though. Well, I'll give a quick thing. So Jess has been on before. She is an amazing. I call you a healer. I don't even know if you call yourself a healer exactly. But dancer, comedian, healer, life coach. Do you want to add anything to that, Jess? No, that sounds good. I okay. don't call myself a healer, but I know what you mean. It, it comes through. Your presence. And the, the dancing and the, and the work. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And Alexandra, I have known for, I guess I've met you. I mean, we had babies. Yeah. So 10 years? At least 10 years. Yeah. yeah. So we were both pretty heavily in the vegan community. Yes. I was professionally vegan at yeah, the time. You were. And that, but you're also an artist and so much more if you want to give a list of all the amazing things you do. Um, co-created Super Size Me, wrote a bunch of books, podcasting, painting, coaching, all the things. All the things. So we've got some multifaceted queens up in here. Um, And then I I guess we'll get right into this topic. I don't want to focus on it the entire time. But Alex really inspired me. I don't know how many years ago it was. You were a very well-known vegan. And then you decided to open up your diet and also eat meat if your body was craving it. Really, it was about freedom. And I think not having labels is what it felt like to me. Really, it was I got super sick. Really? Yeah, I was vegan for over a decade and wrote three vegan cookbooks. I mean, I was in it. Yeah. And started to get really, really sick. I was chronically anemic. I was exhausted, depressed. My period came every two, two and a half weeks. Um, And my thyroid was starting. It was just that, you know, domino effect everything was a mess. And I tried for two years within the vegan framework. I ate all the sea vegetables and took all the green powders and did all the things you're supposed to do. I mean, I'm not, I wrote three books about living healthy as a vegan. So I had all the resources and it just didn't work. So I had to start including and secretly secretly started including animal products in my diet again, because I was terrified. Like I would go to the co-op the infamous co-op and like hide salmon under my kale in the Mm. cart so that nobody would see I was buying animal products. But it all worked out in the end. It was just quite a journey. I think when you went public with it, it freed a lot of people, whether it was around diet or just being able to make choices that are best and healthiest for you. Because I witnessed a lot of the vegan community getting upset about it. And I, you didn't even know, <laughs> took a very fiery stance for you. Thank you. Of I'm, course. I appreciate it because I lost a lot of friends in that experience. Yeah, bye to those people. It, it was so shocking, but not shocking to watch that reaction. Like, yeah. I think I called them maniacs <laughs> on my podcast because I was just like, I think every I think the three of us obviously are for human rights, animal rights, and whatever that means for us. Mm-hmm. But you also have the right to figure out what lifestyle is best and healthiest for you. So the way 
some vegans responded. I was like, guys, this is not about Alex at all. <laughs> you guys need to go to therapy or something. Like, I mean, well, it I blew a, my mind. I was a traitor. I was a traitor to a cause, a movement. I was a traitor to the animals. Like, you know the truth. How could you do this? I'm like, you know what? I grew up on a farm. I know what it takes to grow food. And it requires manure or bone meal. Like, your broccoli is not vegan in the end. It's all part mm -hmm. of the same system. And I'm an animal too. So would you deny your dog or your cat the food that they need to be healthy? And it's taken a long time, but like my iron levels are finally consistent. My thyroid is like so much of this was, I was totally crashing, but that was not an acceptable reason for a lot of people. Yeah, I think, yeah. And I think it ties into, there's this, um, like the binary of you're either with us or you're not. And it's, it's very either or, all or nothing, which is such a masculine, energetic construct. And it's, it's part of the conversation we were having earlier before we started of like kind of this innate hating of the feminine because the feminine is always changing and evolving and cycling and our needs change and our bodies change as we grow older and we need to adjust how we're living and how we're taking care of ourselves and like... So that that's that's what I pick up on too. Aside from all the health things, which I totally am familiar with as well, but it's like, yeah, why hate on someone's decision to take care of themselves? Well, there's nothing more ironic than getting death threats from vegans because you're eating meat. Like, we hope you die because you're eating an animal. I'm like, really? Do you not see the hypocrisy in that statement, folks? People, they don't know what to do with their hate or their anger. So it's so much easier to throw it at someone that they don't even know. And like on one hand, and this is the smallest thing, I can see what they're saying in the sense of, yes, we do know. Like not, I know what happens in a slaughterhouse. We all do. No one here likes that kind of pain or, you know what I mean? Like, so I think that they're like, how, how can you, you know? And it's like, yeah, but... There are some ways if your body <laughs> needs that kind of protein, whether it's an actual meat or like a side product of an animal product, um, yes, it's good to to do your research and try your best to get it from places that are healthier, organic, great. But like ultimately, I don't even know where I'm going. I feel like I, where I started isn't where I'm going now. But ultimately, yes, we know what it takes because a lot of people think meat is murder. I don't think it's that. Yes, you're killing an animal, but I don't think it's that. Even though I can see that that yes, you're killing something, I don't think it's that solid or simple. We are all in a life cycle. It's the tree yeah. of life it's and it's not that simple. It's just not. And but I used to I think when I first started being vegetarian, I did almost take that stance a bit and then you have to open up to it. And I still want, we all want a better, more caring world. Yeah. But it's not one simple way. Well, I'll tell you something really interesting that happened. Like I now say, like the diet that heals you is not always the diet that will sustain you, right? Some people go on cleanse, super extreme mm -hmm. cleanses, and it absolutely helps them heal something. But you can't live like that forever and be a human that's attached to the earth. I know people who are known for being paleo experts, right? They're like hardcore, like bacon on everything, written books about it. 
and they secretly are having to go plant-based because their bodies were experiencing a change or evolution or issue. So I think, I mean, it comes down to identity and how we define ourselves by what we eat. It's like this basic human thing. It's how we, it's the most intimate thing we do with other people in public. We share food together. And if we change how we eat, have you ever had this? Like you change how you eat and the people around you freak out, like your family takes it as a personal affront. Like, what are you saying about me and who I am by eating something different? So it's a real basic human identity issue. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Years ago when I started to, uh, well, when I, when I became a holistic health coach and was on that route and I would, I would be like, oh, I'm, I'm not eating gluten right now or dairy. And like, how do you say that to an Italian family? You know, <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Why don't like, you love us anymore? Because yeah, my family is the one who's like, oh, you don't eat meat, have some chicken. You know, like that's that's how they interpret things. Like I, I remember bringing home a, um, a boyfriend once who didn't eat, was it that he didn't eat meat? I can't remember, but it was like, it was the funniest thing. Cause like, they just didn't understand. Like they were like, what do you mean? Especially from like a guy. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was hard to do. And now I've found myself kind of swinging to the other end where I'm like, I'm eating, I'm eating everything right now. I'm not restricting myself. And I am starting to notice my body, like my PMS has been really bad. My skin has been breaking out. And I'm like, okay, it might be time for some healing. Like it might be time to create more boundaries with myself, which means having to, yeah, having to show up places and and have those boundaries for myself, which clearly like can bring things up for other people and is also sometimes tricky to do, but important. I think... A lot of this is about flow, surrender, and freedom. And some people have intense reactions to that if they themselves are living in a really restricted way and have told themselves they have to. So like even when I quit being an art teacher to go for comedy, I was shocked how many people were offended by that. And I think it always hits, when it hits that hard in someone, it's because they're having difficulty opening up and exploring their own inner workings, which is really what this whole human life's about. It's making different choices to continuously find out who you are, which is always ever changing, which is is kind of what you were saying about the diet that heals you doesn't have to be the diet. I mean, diet in general or anything, you're allowed to keep with the flow and evolving and changing. That's just how we are. So, but it's scary. It's scary to do it. And we can move into the kind of goddess queen conversation we were having because so I'm putting out my new rap song, Lordess of the Rings is coming out. So this podcast will either be out tonight, Wednesday, we're recording Wednesday or um, tomorrow. It depends on when I get it all edited. But we're going to be doing a little dance video with it to promote to a little bit of my rap song. But what I was saying, and this might be obvious to most people listening, but feel like I need to say it still, is that in rap or even like music, because Beyonce fits in here, when you claim your power or your worth, when you're like singing that you're a queen or sorceress or however, whatever, because this could be for men too, claiming their inner king. It's for me, at least, it's not in a way where I'm like, it's just me and you are all peasants. It's like, and, and Jess, you were describing this really well before of like, you listen to that to those things and it brings out the inner 
queen or power within you. And I'll let you guys kind of go off on it a bit more. But um, I hope and it's so funny. It's so fu- I feel like I'm one of the only rappers that f- is first going on a podcast being like, guys, I promise. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like the- I'm showing both the part that's like, yeah, I'm a queen. Then I'm like, I'm really insecure. Please accept and love me. But it's true. I'm like, guys, like I'm a good person. But I also have the right to claim my inner gangster and my inner queen and and to say those things. But it's in no way thinking that I want everyone who vibes with it to claim their inner lordess men and women. I want men to start really claiming their inner femininity. It only makes men more attractive and I think more powerful, but in a different, not patriarchal kind of way. So that's all I wanted to say. And I'll let you guys kind of take it from, from here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to echo what I said earlier, I feel like that I love listening to, um, to Cardi B, to Beyonce, to Kate Wolf, to um, to the women who who really are like claiming it in their art. And, you know, I can't remember who it was, but I heard someone talk about I heard another artist talk about this on something where she was like, you know, part of the music I write, it's not that I have it all figured out and I'm confident about myself all the time. Like I'm writing this song for me and for my healing and I need to write this song and talk about whatever she was talking about. Like it was similar. It was being a queen or loving my body um, because that's like I actually need to express that in order to start yes. to believe it myself. And that. I think is the goal of so many pieces of art is that like the expression of it makes it real. And then we get to share that with people and other people get to experience that for themselves and make it real for themselves too. Amen. You know, humans are throughout history, we create stories and we have archetypes and we have rituals where humans gather together and one human decides to dress up in some costume or mask and represent an aspect of humanity or God or goddess. And, you know, I'm, I got my degree in history and my whole family is obsessed and I'm going back into, I'm going back into like Celtic history. Um, Yes. That's where my family originates from Ireland and Scotland and women were worshiped. There were powerful Viking goddesses who wield a lot of power and they were acknowledged for their strengths and their dark side and their foibles as well. And it's just in every single, I mean, human culture is based on this embodying archetypes. It's everywhere. You cannot escape it. And so, um, you know, putting people down or making fun of them for doing one of the most human things, which is exploring who we are. And we are multifaceted creatures. We aren't just moms or we aren't just dancers or we aren't just this. We are all the things. And the people who make fun of it, I think, are the ones who haven't been brave enough to explore or demonstrate or live out their many sides. Amen. And also, being an artist, because we all are in our own ways, some are similar, and some we have our own unique thing. It's like, you are allowed to channel your lower self, the darker aspects, it's actually vital. And when you don't claim those archetypes, whether it's your inner warrior, or whatever we would call the darker places, the fiery, feisty, 
that's when wars actually happen. And one of the most common phrases is make art, not war. And it's real. It's when you try to suppress and hide those places. That's when shit gets really messy. And one of my least (laughs) favorite things is when you meet a person who's like, it's it's that Stepford wifey, but it doesn't even have to be in that particular shell. It's like this, the fake nice. And, and Jess knows this, but like, whether it's man or woman, whatever, it's like that, that to me is so worse and more detrimental than actually being real, even if your realness includes, yeah, sometimes I'm bitchy, cranky, sometimes I get angry, but finding a healthy, positive outlet, even if it shocks people, they're like, that's abrasive, or it's like, art is the place for it. Salvador Dali, was one of my, and still is, favorite artists growing up. But some of his imagery, it's like distorted and surreal. And you look at it and you're like, you know, some of the things can be disturbing. But let's be honest, like every every night we go to sleep. And for those of us who can still remember our dreams, there's some weird shit. Being a human is weird. It um, is weird. Do you know Hieronymus Bosch's, like he had that tri-fold thing. It's, it's Garden of Heavenly Delights. Oh, yeah. And like, so they, there are three panels, but the last one, it's like this weird bird god thing, like defecating. And there are like people throwing up into the hole. And I remember <laughs> seeing that and being like, yeah. <laughs> like, I was just like, yeah, being a human, we were even ashamed to shit, yeah. especially being a woman. It's like, oh, you're not supposed to fart. You're supposed to shit. You're not supposed to smell. And it's like, we have to express the, the full truth of these of the multifacetedness within or you get all the fucked up shit yeah well I think first of all I think your next rap song should be about shitting amen uh, (laughs) I'm down (laughs) what was coming to me as you were talking was also as much as we need to hear those songs that represent the queen and lift us up and own our inner queen we also need the songs and the art that reminds us that we're not alone in the pain and the shit and the just being a messy human and so like that, you know, like like you're talking about that other kind of art expression is so important, too. Well, I can't go an hour without bringing up the toxic patriarchy. So I'm just going to bring it in now, which is to say uh, <laughs> the toxic patriarchy is mostly about keeping the current power structure in place, white and male and cisgendered and straight, etc. Um, but it is very much concerned with repressing the the divine feminine, our cyclical organic nature. Um, So art is all about thinking different, being outside the norm, you know, creating new structures. So the system that we live in, if people are telling you that your rap or the way that you're expressing yourself is nasty and bad, I want to step back and question, how is this comment and this person trying to keep the current power structure in place? Yeah. By squashing you and your original thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yes. chew on that for a little while. Yes. Yeah. Snapping my fingers with you on that one. <laughs> well, when you start to censorship too in that way, it's so, it, it is, it's, it's trying to solidify and, and petrify the way of being. And that in itself is just, you're going to have the most stale violent society when you try to do that you have to let people be who they are and the if we want to go back even to the vegan thing for a bit it's like 
do I appreciate a vegan diet? Of course. I love what it stands for. Of course. However, when you try to force any kind of concept, whether it's veganism or a type of religion, because religion's very much with this too, where it's like, this is what it means to be a good person, period. When you try to force from external structure, this is what you have to do. You're doing the whole clockwork orange shit where you're like, you're not actually taking the person as they are. You're putting them in this prison of goodness. Mm -hmm. And that's just never, that to me is also toxic patriarchy in a sense. It's like, why don't we actually hear each other and be vulnerable and express even if it's our darker places and the parts of us that I mean this so this past weekend I was in spiritual school and I was like I had a poop and um I was like I, I just told everyone you know what I mean like I was like I'm gonna go I didn't say it like this but basically I was like I'm gonna go take a dump right here you know what I mean and then like and I just pooped on the floor no. uh no in the bathroom and and there were some men around and you have that thought that goes, and maybe men have it too, and they push through it as well, where you're like, self-conscious, I don't want anyone to know I poop, and now they're going to smell it, and and I'm like, you know what, I do poop, I poop just like every other human, and Jess, I promise you will get this rap song. Great. It might be called shit, it literally just might be called shit, or shitting. Spiritual shitting. Love it. <laughs> I'd like to be in the music video for that I line. would be honored. I, I think on my... <laughs> On my like first MySpace profile or whatever like the first social media thing was, I remember like it was like who I want to meet and it was people who aren't afraid to talk about poop. <laughs> and that was like a big deal for me. It's always been a big deal. <laughs> and the truth comes out. Yeah. She lets us know finally. <laughs> and so just so you guys know, I should actually update all my profiles with that. It's going to go on my Instagram. But um, I really hope you do actually. That's amazing. And with my, so my, my ex-boyfriend I think he had he had seen that, but he was in the same camp. So we would we would like, oh, how was your poop today? Oh, it was a really good one. <laughs> like it wasn't that great. It was a little bit mushy, you know. And like we would like, and it was like a, and I felt so comfortable, you know, being able to just feel like okay to express that. Yeah, and ending body shame would change yes. human society in a heartbeat. Yeah. So let's start with poop. Why not? <laughs> And and this and isn't that another part of the toxic patriarchy yes. is that it's because it's and it's all about and I was talking about this in a video I did for my dance a day people right now in uh, in the May dance challenge we're doing where it's like it, there's that outside we internalize the outside gaze. It's like Big Brother's watching the man, right? Like that's it's it's just the idea that someone is watching us and judging us and making sure you have to be clean you have to be beautiful you have to show up a certain way even like with this dance I was like you have to do this dance challenge right if you don't do it every day you might as well quit and I was getting on the video to be like listen we're a weekend this is usually when people fall off and stop dancing every day for the month if you skipped a day it's okay like I'm not judging you. Are you judging yourself? And who are you doing this for? Are you yeah. are you dancing every day for yourself? Or did you just turn Instagram into the man who needs to see your video every day? Did you just turn me into the man who leads the challenge and is making you dance every day? Like who who are you doing it for? Yeah. If we're not doing it for ourselves, if we're not pooping for ourselves, <laughs> like then we're being, we're worried about how everyone's looking at us. And then that squelches. And we, once again, try to fit into the box, like you were saying, Alex, of like the constructs that already exist because well, we can't do something different. But nobody, I mean, we are all in this space of, 
you know, I'll call us hippie healers trying to help people <laughs> heal the lifetime of this repression. But from a very young age, I'm very, very grateful that I was born to the parents I was. I had a super hippie mom who was in a, as big a way as she could, like, get me out of that set of constraints. But most people are not born in a house where it's safe to be weird, to have a body that has bodily functions, to, I mean, for us mm -hmm. as growing up as women, you know, feeling like your body is a safe place and it's okay and good for you to explore and experience pleasure in your body was not a message mm -hmm. that most of us got. And we felt, it felt unsafe to live as a woman in her body and then put on top of that, oh, you actually want sex, you enjoy sexual pleasure, you seek it out, oh, well, now you're a slut. It's like the line between slut and prude is ever moving, and it's never your decision. Somebody else is making that call. Yeah. Yeah. And religion, obviously, you know, we're talking about the typical Catholicism, Christianity type. Um it really isn't like, hey, boys and girls, <laughs> express your sexuality. It's healthy. You know, it's like, you want to go to hell? <laughs> then jerk off, boy and girl. You know, it's like, you want to grow hair in your palms? It's like, we all feel like sinners just for existing and for having clits and dicks, you yeah, know? And I wasn't even raised with religion. You know, my parents were like super, like they were spiritual, but we didn't talk about it and we didn't go to church ever. I went to church at Sunday school down the street because I found out they got cookies and Kool-Aid at Sunday school. <laughs> so I started going. I was like, treats, awesome. Like this poor little girl coming in for Sunday school. I'm like, I didn't learn anything about Jesus. I went for the sugar. <laughs> but still, when I got to high school, I had a sexual appetite, but I knew I had to keep that on the down low. I fooled around with a lot of guys, but nobody ever knew. My best friends didn't even know. Um, and I somehow managed to pick the guys who wouldn't tell anybody because I knew if it got around, then I would be branded the slut. But mm. I had it and I enjoyed it. And I didn't tell anyone because I was terrified of what would happen to me. I'd get cut out of all my friends' lives, right? Like mm -hmm. we, we live with this fear of being cut out. Another very basic human experience. Like yeah. if we get cut out of our group or our tribe or our family, it's like death. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Wow. That's amazing that you were able to do that to find those experiences for yourself. I'm in awe. Great I was job. a secret Great slut job, young my Alex. whole life. <laughs> I bow to you. That's amazing. <laughs> You're my hero. And I think like masturbating too needs to be conversations. You know, not now not every kid wants to hear their mom or dad come in the room and be like, you masturbating regularly, son? <laughs> you know, like that, not in a way that's uncomfortable, but like it just needs to be a thing like explore your sexuality do you I, I I've been saying this on stage of course it's like there's a funny light to it but I mean it I'm like I say to all the audience members who are full-on adults I'm like get a mirror and look at your labia look at your grundles look just look at your body and even if you have like an uncomfortable reaction at first that's okay but like get to know it like yeah. Yeah. you don't have to be ashamed of your body parts penises and vaginas brought us here you know we have sex drives no matter what your sexuality is it's okay to have that fuel in there have you watched penis i was just gonna know what is that pen, or pen 15 pen 15 the hulu oh. the hulu uh, oh no of course wait that's exactly uh, pen what 15. Amazing. wait a second is pen 15 p 
penis? Oh yeah. yeah, that's how you would write that it in like middle school. Wait a second. Yeah. Yeah. Wait a second. My mom, because I love it. But I've been calling it Pen15. I had no idea. I've been calling it Pen15 too, even though I knew that it spells penis. It didn't occur to me. Yeah. I was like, oh, it must be the school. Like Pennsylvania 15. Like I thought it was a school number. You were not me in middle school. Oh my gosh. No, we've that been makes me it. love it more. I've been watching it with my 12-year-old boy. And oh, he's obsessed great. with it. And he's like, Shane mom, this, too. this show is so cringy. I'm like, I know, isn't it? Like, <laughs> So good. And by the way, like that was me. That, yeah. Those girls were totally me. Yes. That was my experience. And he, I'm so glad to be watching. We don't really talk about it, but he wants to see it. He's witnessing. I love hearing that. These young girls explore themselves growing into women. It's so fabulous. Your kid it's, likes it too? The ba- yeah, but after one of the, it was before the uh, masturbation episode, thank God, we decided to part ways and watch it separately. <laughs> so, and, and then the other one came on and I was like, woo, you know. I've been having to yeah. like consciously not giggle nervously watching the show with him because yeah. I want him to like, we don't have to talk about it. It's okay. Like, but we're going to watch it here together and it's okay that we're watching something Beautiful. about sex together. Yeah. And he's like so upset that we just watched the last episode. He's like, oh, it's over. Like, I, I know hope it. they renewed. Come. They renewed for yes. Oh, it was so good. Oh my God. I love it. We I, all love it. Lo- I know. I loved everything about it. I was obsessed because it was, it was so, it, they just encapsulated that age and the whole experience. And the, even though it was in the year 2000, it was a little bit earlier for me in the years but it was still so like they captured like the 90s vibe and that just guys whoever hasn't seen it listening you have to see pen 15 slash penis (laughs) on hulu (laughs) it's phenomenal i love that you thought it was pen 15 you guys blew my mind you're like have you seen penis i'm like what is penis and then i was like wait what that oh (laughs) that's so funny went over my head but it really does show in some ways how far we have come in the last Mm -hmm. 20 years even like that show never like I loved facts of life when I was a kid but it is no penis for sure (laughs) it is a very different show it's so graphic and it's really getting into like the nitty-gritty yes the, the blood sweat and tears and menstrual fluid of what it is to be a young woman yes And the fact that that young boys watch it and get just as much out of it is phenomenal. I love that. And the two that wrote it and star in it, because they play middle schoolers and you immediately buy into it. Like you forget that they're adults like that. It's amazing. I think it's one of the best series. Yeah. It's, it's helped me, too, to reconnect to that part of me, like the 13-year-old yes. girl in me. And I've been doing some inner child kind of work. And it's so it's been healing from that aspect, too, to just remember that there's that wounded part of me that still is showing up sometimes in my life now. Yeah. And it kind of creates that freedom to just be like, oh. Can we talk about Mean Girls? Not the show or the movie, but like the phenomena that is Mean Girls, because that's a yeah. piece of this series is being Mean Girled, right? Totally. I was Mean Girled in middle school, like out of a group of friends, just totally picked on, bullied, targeted, and shoved out, and like everyone gossiped about me. I had no friends for the last like three or four months. Luckily, we moved back to Oregon from California after, so I got like a clean slate start over. But it's that one incident, I didn't realize it until about five years ago, 
when I was turning 40, I was like, oh my God, I've been terrified to be in groups of women Mm. this whole time Mm. because I'm worried that they're going to gang up on me and throw me out. So I had so many friends that didn't know each other. As I was getting to 40, I was like, I am afraid to be around women. This is nuts. So I started to consciously like host things and gatherings and clothing swaps that Jess has come to. Like I need, this is ridiculous. But it yeah. still makes me nervous. I'm. It's going to take a few more years, I think, to get over that. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, it it was, I wasn't ostracized by a group, but there was a couple of, and it's funny because I found these old journals of mine where I was writing about like someone, like my best friend at the time started hanging out with someone else and like they just didn't invite me. It was like a more mm-hmm. subtle, like, you're not included kind of thing. And I was just like, it tore apart my whole being and my whole world. Like I felt so alone, so isolated. And and I do think that it still shows up today, that that fear like in in female friendships in particular. And it's like, don't they call it like, isn't it part of like the sister wound? Or I feel like there's a name mm, for that phenomenon. That's interesting. Um where we become like afraid of getting close to mm. other women or it doesn't feel but, safe but because you, of that. Is that, that. A, is that a historical longstanding phenomena amongst women or is this another flavor of toxic patriarchy pitting women against like, each yeah, other? Yeah, I feel like it always goes back to the toxic I do too. patriarchy. <laughs> Everything does. It it's does, like, it's true. Yeah, it's pretty much that, I guess. Where it's like, yeah, because then like women are against each other and competitive and rather than focusing on the real threat which is the night king to the north like (laughs) (laughs) yeah I, i mean and once again i'm sure that men experience this in a whole other way right because competitiveness is steeped in everyone like you know but with women i remember because i was in the popular group in middle and high school and even in there you got mean girled, you got, you know, suddenly someone could turn on you or start a rumor. And now, of course, no matter what group you're in, I think you always have a couple friends that are going to have your back, hopefully, through thick and thin. But um, I just think, yeah, I think girls, we've been taught that comparing and competing is the way to know your worth. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like, well, okay, instead of just going within and loving your unique vibration, it's like, okay, well, there's that person. Everything, the grass is always greener kind of thing. So it's like that competitive, take them down. And then part of the old wound that hopefully we're all healing is men loving women fighting over them, mm-hmm. you know, and, and them, because it's all like false ego on both ends. A woman, can I, am I better than this person to win the guy? And then the guy, it's like, how many women are fighting over me? So we're all in it, but I think it's starting to heal because at the end of the day, we all just want to be ourselves. And I think women are getting sick of competing because no one feels good in that. No one feels special. And men are getting sick of it because men also just want and I'm saying this as if it's all straight. You know what I mean? Men, men, women, women, in, in general. We all just want to be loved. No one really wants the competing thing. That's like old. It's this old wound that just needs to heal. We all just want to be. I think we all just want to be like madly in twilight love. <laughs> What's twilight love? Did you ever see twilight? Oh, I've never seen it. Oh, my gosh. 
or even like Lord of the Rings love or like Danny and John, you know what I mean? Like it, we all, no matter how tough we want to pretend to be or whatever, like we are, we're all mushes who just want to have that kind of intimacy and share our world with a person yeah. and write poetry for them. And I think it's what, not that life's all about just romantic love in that way, but we just want to fall in love with our experience and be excited. And um, I'm discovering the more I and more I do healing work is just what a mush I am. Like I already know, but when I really get to the truth, it's like I sometimes just feel stupid, even though that's a wound for caring as much as I do about certain things and feeling so quote unquote weak or, you know, but at the end of the day, we all are like, we all came into this world as babies crying for our mothers and fathers the moment we were alone in a crib, you know? And then, so it's like, you're allowed to be needy. You're allowed to feel weak. Doesn't mean you always need to have a a teat to suckle on. (laughs) That's not exactly (laughs) the way, but that's why these kinds of female friendships where you can be vulnerable are so important because you can't feel truly loved and accepted until you have been totally vulnerable and say, this is actually who I am. This is all parts mm-hmm. of me. And to feel the love and acceptance for who you actually are mm-hmm. is when you actually feel it. Mm-hmm. If you're still hiding a good half of yourself, mm-hmm. you're never going to feel what you get because it's not fully disclosed yet. Yes. yes. And that reminds me of the final episode of Pen15, which I won't give away. I won't I won't do a spoiler, (laughs) but um, no spoilers. But I feel like because uh, Anna and why am I? Um, nah. Oh, my Maya. Yeah, how do they call it? Nah. nah. <laughs> my nah. My um, when Anna and Maya, like by the end, because they've been through conflict with each other and they've shown each other their like weak parts and bad parts or whatever it is, and like they're coming. I was bawling, crying. Aww. I don't know about you guys in the final episode when they because of course there's a dance involved. Again, no spoilers, <laughs> but there's a dance involved because clearly dance is everything, and um, you know, like them. Making up and like just like the value of their friendship and seeing each other and knowing each other and just at the end of the day like they just want right like it's like we also want that close female friendship we want someone to love and accept us even when the guy breaks up with us or even when whatever happens it's like that is like Mm -hmm. oh yes (laughs) amen and I am seeing um because sisterhood is so important but I am seeing so many men especially ones that are walking the healing path starting to not just open up within themselves but my conversations are shifting with my guy friends the good ones the ones that I can trust to go there with it's like we all just want to be who we are and a lot of us are feeling the heartbreak I mean we live in a collective where there's a ton of heartbreak and wounds that we're trying to heal together (coughs) so I am also seeing men soften and it's like Thank God, because we all just want to be not just soft because we all still will carry that badass part to us. But yeah. we just want to be. It's too exhausting it is. It's to so, pretend to be stronger than you are. Ugh. It's traumatizing. The toxic patriarchy fucks us all. I can everyone. Swear, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Great. It fucks <laughs> us all up. I was on a train out to 
uh, you know, Long Island. And I, I was waiting for the bathroom and there was this dad there with his little boy, five or six. And the little boy was like doing the pee pee dance. And he was like whining, like I have to pee dad. Like you could tell this kid was going to burst. And the dad told him, <sighs> man up. No. And I was like, no. <laughs> the mama bear in me was all like, I held it back because this dude was enormous. But I was like, oh my God, that's where it begins. That's where it starts. Man up is, don't you fucking be a little sissy, you little wuss. Don't be like a girl. You're not allowed to complain or show weakness. That's where it starts. It's so, so young. And, you know, we're both moms to little boys. And it's been so fascinating to watch my son interact with his stepdad, who is a very self-aware dude who I luckily met him after he had done a shitload of work. So he was very, had the vocabulary and all that. But even my relationship with my son, my husband, Bob will say, it is so healing to me to watch you parent your kid because I did not have an understanding, accepting, Mm -hmm. empathetic mother. He grew up with a total narcissist for a mom and he's still dealing with that trauma which was also, don't be weird, don't be the artsy one, right? Be strong, be a man. He got that his whole life. He's like, wow, watching you grow a boy who it's okay to cry and have emotions and be arty, it's like it's helping him as a 55-year-old. Mm. It's pretty remarkable. That's amazing. Yeah. I love that. And when you're talking about that little boy, I mean, talk about, that's a traumatic event. Yes. Have your body having to pee. I and being told to man up, what is that? How is manning up not taking care of a natural body function? It you was know, so mean. Ugh. And so, since you guys are parents, you probably might know more about this than me. But what what is the line in those situations? Because clearly, we all live near or in New York City. We're on the subway a lot. I've witnessed plenty of situations like that where there's a parenting situation where a kid is like not being treated right. And it's hard because I kind of want to say something, but is it my place to say something like what what can you possibly you really can't do i mean unless someone is being outright abused you know physically you got you got nowhere you got nothing to stand on oh you know what i did say something to the dad i didn't oh i didn't say it to the dad i said it to the little boy i said i know it's so hard you can do it i was like i like i got nothing with the dad he yeah. doesn't give a shit he's probably it's probably even worse because there's a woman standing here yeah but if i could Aww. tell the kid mm-hmm. like what you're feeling is horrible i'm so sorry mm. like empathizing in that way i mean i could have got my face punched in who knows but you really yeah there's no way to intervene yeah. with the parent for the most part yeah and that, that's what I figured, which I haven't done <laughs> yet. But you know what comes to mind as you share that too? There was this one situation in the subway where there I noticed there was a mom like screaming at her kid. It wasn't like abusive, but it was just like clearly like just very mean. And you could tell the kid was. And there was this guy walking by with a flute and he stopped near them and he just started playing his instrument. And you should have like the like the mom just like softened and smiled and then the kid was like oh and like and I and that another another artistic moment of triumph of like I guess when we can't 
directly like intervene and say something and there's like that diversion of attention or just like bringing it back to something that people can like oh yeah let's snap out of that mode and do something else that's beautiful and it's hard to be a parent you know we're we're witnessing a a snapshot of what's going on in that relationship like I don't know maybe that kid is a horrible monster most of the time yeah that's very possible (laughs) but I love that I love like intervening in a funny way like hey look over here can diffuse the situation sometimes yeah totally Yeah, I think a lot of parents, and I'm not excluding myself from this, although I think the more awakened you are and conscious, you can start really seeing yourself and hopefully shifting things. But we never want to make our kids live for us. You know, we want them to be individuals and we don't want to throw our pain on them. And yesterday, um, I had a moment with my son where we have this big medicine ball thing that now we like to play catch with. And I could tell, I forget what had happened before, but I think he was like a little mad at me. I think I had done something that annoyed him. So it's not to like even, I could just feel, I was like, let's just play catch and get some of this energy out. And he started, and I thought he was being very like hard, you know, like for me, it was throwing too hard. And then I started getting too hard. So like we were both kind of being babies in a sense. Right. So, um, so I forget how it happened, but like I threw it, I threw it back extra hard and it ended up hitting this frame and the glass broke in the frame, but the overall frame and picture is fine. And I could see in that moment, cause I, at this point, I wanted to put the whole thing on him cause the thing broke. I felt like he had been the one that started it too hard, but in actuality, the throw that did that was in a sense, my throw. So I, at first I was like, wanting to because here I am in this power position I could easily force him to take the responsibility even though it really was a two-way thing so the way I tried to solve it yesterday because I could feel myself going there and I was like no no no. I was like you know what you need to express this I was like whether your expression is I'm the bitch here or whatever he was like I would like to express myself because he's like I feel like sometimes I try to and you shut it down a bit I was like okay I was like okay so I gave him he didn't like it at first but I was like I'm giving you a homework assignment it can be a poem could be a letter. You don't even have to give it to me. If if there are too many fucks in it or something towards me, I was like, then don't. I was like, but why don't you go to your room for five to 20 and write something to express then how you felt the situation played out, whatever, whatever. And it took him five minutes. And it was like, because I had written, I almost made it like a card. And I wrote mom in it. I was like, this is for me, but you don't have to give it to me. So it's, it's I said mom. And then we put in parentheses, you're wrong is what he and then the poem was roses are red violets are are blue I threw too hard but the frame's on you (laughs) that's so good good. and I you know I started laughing and I was like okay okay to turn that into a powerful artist opportunity (laughs) that I could use for some stage material thank you (laughs) I don't know I was so happy it went there because it took 20 to 30 to get to that place where I could have easily been like you're the one who and that's how it kind of went you started throwing it too hard you and it's like you feel like well I'm older and I'm the mom like and Mm -hmm. it's like parents even the man up it's like just because you're in the power position or older, yes, you have to parent them. You have to create structure. But when you start being like my way or the highway and anything, 
the whole situation is going to be fucked. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I mean that the card and the poem now is like right on his desk. It's like That's one of my awesome. favorite because <laughs> it ended up being actually like nice. Like he didn't say anything mean, but it was like a very fair. Like I was like the frame. I guess the frame was on me. <laughs> <laughs> really I think I felt. You know, I think I felt bad about the frame. And I think sometimes when we feel bad about something or shame, it's like you hold the blame and you're like throw it like you just like it's like it hits your shame and you're like uh it was you you know defensiveness yeah Yeah. so I kind of witnessed my own defensiveness but thank god we came through it but I'm I'm working on softening in all areas it's hard oh I've reached parental perfection (laughs) there you go (laughs) (laughs) not today there was no food for lunch in the refrigerator (laughs) things like that happen all the time there's all kinds of mistakes made (laughs) Yeah, it's called being a human. Yeah. Yeah. You only have, we have limited energy resources just in general. So sometimes some things, whether it's like sweeping the floors or laundry or your refrigerator being stocked, yeah. things sometimes just need to slip a little bit for the other, for other things like making sure you have toilet paper to be okay. Like yeah. we all have like yeah. a hierarchy. Toilet paper and toothpaste for me are pretty much up there. <laughs> yeah. Gotta have toothpaste, gotta have toilet paper. And running water. Yeah, those are important. (laughs) (laughs) But you guys are amazing for doing this with like a living human that's dependent on you. Because sometimes I feel like I'm like, I don't even know how I'm keeping it together for myself, you know? (laughs) It's like, but I guess having a dependent human like helps you to, I don't know. Motivates it. You just rise to the occasion. Yeah. You have to. Figure it out. Yeah, otherwise child services will be knocking on your door. Oh my God. I just feel lucky that A, I really like and respect my dad and my stepmom and like they're still alive. I'm co- I call them constantly. I'm like, what should I do? <laughs> Help. Mm. Yeah. I try to ask Shane a lot too because he is so fair <laughs> that when I start, you know, because I think before even that letter thing, I was like, you're grounded. And he was like, and he already knows that's bull. He's like, what? What does that mean? I was like, um put your phone down and he's like uh and then i'm like what should i you know what I mean? like, kind of like to him i'm like well what do we do here and then i was like express yourself i gotta express yourself but sometimes like i'll even ask him like i'm like well something's not cool here um so i try to take his inventory and sometimes you know i have to then like i did yesterday step in and still do that thing but i think I think when your kids become old enough, you can also be like, well, can you help me out here? Because this is a tricky situation. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a good parenting technique. I don't know much about it. You can't really do it with like a three-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Necessarily. No. And they get old. I guess that teenage phase or like 12 into the teens, right, is a whole different thing I don't thing know. I'm too. worried. I was horrible. Were you really? Oh, my God. I was so mean to my mom. I remember being mean to my mom, too. I mean, I was, but my mom was pretty abusive at the time. So and uh, I mean, I've talked about the journey with her because love her. She's been through a lot and I'm definitely not perfect. But man, like it's so hard for me to even I mean, I know. First of all, I know I claim my inner bitch in all ways. But like we had fights that were like next level cops getting called. Do you know what I mean? Oh, wow. Not that it got, well, she did try to, I won't go there because <laughs> I love her and she has been through so much. So it's like, I wouldn't want to say that in a way as if I'm, you know, I don't want to 
shortcut her journey because she is a miraculous hero heroine in her own way but no it was like it was like another I mean I'm surprised that's when we were talking about the mean girls like if I get to the heart of my high school experience I'm just glad I made it because I had some really deep dark suicidal thoughts that were always running on the you know not that I was always conscious of it but man I was like not a happy teenager and I think and I tell this to my son because he'll tell me some of um his friend's thoughts and what's really going on that they don't share with anyone. And I'm just like, man, we need to get real honest with middle schoolers and high schoolers. So many people are suffering. I mean, homework, I think, is disgusting um, because kids sit for six and a half, seven hours, and then it's like, here, go home. Don't, Don't have your own time to explore what you want. Sit again and do more. Like, there are so many kids that have so much pressure and stress and just pain from getting bullied or from their parents that just have nowhere to to put it or express it. So I don't know. I just think I think it's just tough. And I think once again, we all just need to start talking about it. Stop. Li- if you're feeling suicidal, tell someone. Oh, man. Absolutely. I've there's a lot of drug addiction, self-medication, suicide in my family and the ripple effect is generations long. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so I can, you know, I can only speak as a, a person who, you know, was left by other people. But I, you know, it's heartbreaking. I wish that they had felt they had a place to go, a place mm-hmm. to call. Um, and the fact that kids, I think it's the second or third highest cause of death for adolescents and teenagers is suicide in the United States. Mm. That's dumbfounding and terrifying. Yeah. Coming out of isolation is like the, I think one of the hardest things, but the most important thing for all those. So many people feel isolated. Kids, teenagers, I mean, adults. Adults, for sure. A lot of, I know I struggle with it a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why it's been miraculous for me. And I try more and more every day to start sharing more. Mm -hmm. So if I'm feeling whether it's suicidal or just sad or whatever, it's like, you're not alone. So many people feel these things. They just don't express it because they don't think they can. So yeah, but isolation, man, sucks. Mm -hmm. I'm over it though. (laughs) Jess knows like if, if, if I'm really in that place where it's getting to the point of like, first of all, I never would do it. But if it's getting to the place where it's like those thoughts are just running so much, like I will, you know, there's less shame in calling a friend and being like, I'm about to fucking lose it. Like I, my quality of life is so low right now. Like, um, I've gotten to the point where I have to say something in those moments Mm -hmm. or it really becomes unbearable. And it just doesn't have to be like that for anyone anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't have a friend to call, there's hotlines you can call. Um, I don't know the number offhand right now, but I know that they exist. And it's a quick Google suicide hotline will get you a bunch of free hotlines. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that brings us back to art in a way. Um, One of my favorite art fairs is the Outsider Art Fair. And there's a lot of mental health groups that set up booths there. 
and they use art programming to help people with either neurological differences and therapy or, you know, depression, uh, mm-hmm. anti-suicide work, etc. So, you know, you got to look back through history at so many of the great artists were going through something, dealing with something, mm-hmm. or they were, you know, depressives. Um, and it, it's a way to figure things out. Mm-hmm. You know, when my own when my own son was caught stealing, um, part of his punishment was you have to, go, I want you to go write about this just as you were doing with your kid. And he ended up writing a song and then putting it to music. And in the last year since that happened, he's written like 12 mm. songs. He's performing in front of his middle school. Like it has totally Aww. blossomed this part of him. He's now the weird songwriter artist kid in his class, which has also led to some bullying, but it's been a part, you know, it's a part of the process. You get vulnerable, you share who you really are, you get, you get focused on and targeted and bullied a little bit and called weird, and then you grow from it, hopefully. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's incredible and inspiring that, first of all, that you had him do that, and then it opened up this whole thing within him oh my gosh that's so I feel cool like your sons should hang out no right because I've, I've met Shane and Shane's like has I've heard him saying he's an amazing singer like I feel like there's so many like things where I'm like they would probably get along <laughs> well I was I was telling you that before I was like our our kids they've never met but I'm like they, they're very simple they would they like would immediately it. get along they just yeah. have yeah. they could talk about penis <laughs> <laughs> it still throws me off <laughs> I'm like pen 15 no it's it's a school it's 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 short for something i wonder if your son thinks it's called pen 15 or if he knows that it's penis i bet you he knows and it's just like i'm not going to be the one to tell her That's you know me. but um well guys we gotta we're gonna wrap it up this has been amazing um okay so alex where can people find you um I, you know what? I hang out on Instagram a lot at delicious Alex. That's okay. Like I respond to all my DMS and comments. Come find me. Let's hang out on Instagram. Hell yeah. So check her out on Instagram and Jess. Yeah. I'm an Insta fan also <laughs> at Jess Grippo. And if you're listening to this in the month of May, it's dance a day in the month of May right now. So you can join our <laughs> dance challenge. Yes. Yay. And me, Jess and Allison Charles have a comedy seance I want to say coming up even though it's not like coming up soon soon July 28th at 6 New York Comedy Club's 4th Street location promo seance for $10 tickets so I know it's a bit away but come on out to it save the date save the date and then for me guys get a healing from me you know it helps me feed my son and they actually work. So it's kwolf2f27 at gmail.com. And this should be coming out either tonight or tomorrow. But please look out for Lordis of the Rings. It definitely should be out on iTunes and probably Spotify and all of it um, by Friday. I believe the full music video will be out next week. And um, I cannot wait to hear what you all think about it. Um, so far, it's gotten good responses. I'm, I've slowly started showing it to people that I first really trust. Not just, not that, not people who just love me, but like I also just trust to tell me the truth. Um, so I'm kind of releasing it a lot more slowly than I did Lady Game. I still love Lady Game and I'm proud of it. And it was all about that divine feminine and not having, you know, not having to feel shame over your sexuality. So, but when it, when I put it out, 
and then I got some of the responses I did. I don't feel like I was emotionally prepared. I'm trying to do this one. Listen, obviously some people are not going to like it, but I'm trying to put it out in a way that's just a little slower for me. So (laughs) I don't, you know, melt down when some people don't like it, but I'm very excited to put it out there and hear what you all think. And thank you both. So you, you both, you two Lordesses. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you yeah, for, for coming on. All right, bye.